Now, this letter is primarily about status, it's about power, it's about the beginning of the abolition of slavery, actually. Slavery had been a permanent feature in this Greco-Roman culture. In fact, it was all over the world in Paul's time. And now these followers of Jesus were beginning to struggle with what to do because Jesus had come and turned all of that upon its head. It was no longer possible to be a follower of Jesus and to carry on as life with life as normal. Jesus said this. He said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and that their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must also be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to serve, sorry, not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus is a realist. He's saying, you know what it's like out there. You know how the world operates out there. And he's saying, not so with you. There's a hierarchy out there. There are the superior ones and there are the inferior ones out there. Not so with you, he says to his followers. He knows that people can be like that. Superior. Make people feel inferior. Rely on the hierarchy, especially in organisations. It was that way in his day and it's that way in our day. He said, my way is to serve. To seek to add value to the people around you. And that's everybody and at all times. This is how Jesus wanted to think us, us to think about ourselves. Not just as the most important ones in the room, but as the attentive people in the room. Paul became a real ambassador of this new way of thinking and living. This is what he said, for those who wish to follow Jesus, he said this, I want people, sorry, he said, for all of you who were baptised into Christ, you have clothed yourself with Christ. Your clothes are status indicators. People look at you and they understand something about your life. It was the same in that day. How people were dressed would indicate what part of society they came from. Um, Paul was saying, you have clothed yourself with Christ. I want people to be able to look at you and identify that you are clearly one who practices the way of Jesus. So much so that he goes on to say this in the next sentence. There is no longer Jew nor Gentile neither slave nor free, neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That's in Galatians in chapter 3, verses 27-28. Those old distinctions and ways of thinking and behaving towards one another have no place in the society that Jesus came to bring. From now on, there is no such thing as being slave or free. Just love towards all and service towards all. Even if our roles are different, 
our attitude and our mindset is the same. So here in Philemon, Onesimus and Paul and Philemon are together wrestling through the change that is happening in the Christian culture, in, in this subculture that's going on in this part of the world. They're trying to work things out in real life. Because it's one, one thing to say amen to the idea. It's quite another thing to try and work out in our homes and in our workplaces and change our habits and our practice and our mindsets, isn't it? But we have to work this one out. We have to be really clear about it. There is no place for slavery or superiority in the kingdom of God. Full stop. Yet we know that slavery is more widespread today than at any other time in human history. In fact, human trafficking is the world's fastest growing global crime, involving over 30 million men, women and children around the world today. This is more than at any other time in history. It is estimated that there are 13,000 people held in slavery in the UK today, with over 3,000 potential victims identified and referred to the National Crime Agency last year. That is in your newsletters this week. I think this is something we need to pray into. I think this is something that we dare not forget. That this is a rising phenomenon. This isn't something that's diminishing in our, our day. We're not moving towards a slavery-free world. The world is getting deeper into this. We're going backwards. And as Christians, we absolutely need to pray. Prayer is the first thing. Today is called Freedom Sunday. So it's not just the Christian communities. Across uh, different religions, people all around the world are starting to look at this issue and work out how we can pray and how we can work together to abolish slavery globally. We need to start with prayer. We need God to rescue the thousands of trafficked people around the globe. And we also need to challenge the power abuses where we find them in our own lives. I really believe that it starts within. I really believe it starts at home. It's very easy for us to say we live in this beautiful part of the South Hams, where we don't see a lot of slavery around here. And that's true. We are very insulated and separated from the horrors of human trafficking. At the same time, there is a reality going on around us. Yeah. Thank you. Came across this in the news this week. Anyone see this? This is Freddy Lopez and Angelica Valencia. These guys are good friends, they've been friends for years. They're, they've been cleaners for Ferrari showrooms. And they were suspended without pay after asking for an increase to their £7.50 an hour wage after five years of service. So this is in London, where a living wage is way above £7.50 an hour, it's £9 something. What's the problem? It's not money, is it? In the Ferrari showrooms. This is just an example of the kind of way that this thinking seeps into everyday life. 
It's superiority. That's the problem. Angelica Valencia said, they are selling luxury cars for hundreds of thousands of pounds. I'm sure they could afford to pay a living wage if they wanted to, but they don't even want to look at us. There's something in the way that she's, she's phrased that, that for me goes to the heart of the issue. They're not even seen. These people who are cleaning around the posh cars, they don't even want to make eye contact or see that they're in the room. They kind of filter them out of their space. So for five years, these guys have been cleaning there faithfully, making sure that these showrooms are gleaming, and yet nobody has so much as struck up a conversation or asked them if they want a cup of tea. Because there is a mentality in the leadership and in the higher up in the levels of the structures there, which diminishes them just to menial tasks in their minds, and it devalues them as people that are just not worth talking to or interacting with. They don't even see us. Slavery and abuse of power and status begins with a twisted mindset. It's a, false, a fault in how we see people, and you will find that mindset all over the place. In schools, in our hospitals, in our businesses, in care homes, anywhere. Anywhere people are overlooked, taken for granted, talked down to, or denied the care and respect they deserve as valuable human beings. Our job, as believers, is to model something different. We have to be about a completely different spirit. I love this verse from Romans. Those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just do what is most convenient for us. Strength is for service not status. Love that. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? I love that verse, don't you? That's Romans 15, verses 1 and 2. Strength is for service, not for status. There is a, a light at the end of the tunnel, I think. All over the world, companies are starting to understand that to add value to every member of staff, whether you be CEO or cleaning staff or HR or logistics or whatever it is, whatever those roles are in a school or in a hospital or anywhere in the street, to add value to people is the most powerful way to build a company and to be successful in the business world. To seek to help people and nurture people to become the best they can be. But in order to do that, you have to value people enough to do it. You have to see people and not just overlook people. Rather than just simply relying upon a pecking order and exercising authority to try and keep productivity. So all over the world there is a shift in thinking in the business world, which is amazing and that is going to contribute to how people are treated on the ground and in the workplace. But it begins with people who have seen something different, who have learned to understand people's inherent value. And it doesn't matter how life has treated them or how, what has happened to them before they come into your presence. It doesn't matter how low people are bumping along the bottom or how highly esteemed they are. You set the kingdom dynamic by how you relate to that person. 
So if this is a downtrodden, overlooked person, you have the power to raise them up just by how you are with them and the value you place upon them when you see them and you want to invest in them. In the same way, if you've got somebody who's incredibly haughty and has a very high opinion of themselves and wants to demean you, you will carry with you an inherent dignity and an ability to throw off that superiority and to still engage as a human being and to maintain your credibility and your creativity in that environment. God has called us to be environment changers. So I wonder if this week, as well as praying for God to end this horror of human trafficking, that's got to be number one. Number two, maybe we could ask God to show us if there is any superiority in us. To show us the people we overlook or look down upon in some way. Maybe we could ask God to help us to live the way of Jesus, wherever we are, honouring the servants and the forgotten ones around us, and changing the culture one little interaction at a time. Amen? have the band back up and let's pray. Jesus. Lord, we just want to take a moment just to pause and to reflect. Lord, we too live in a world that is broken and has all sorts of deeply ingrained wrongs in society. And Lord, some of them we're aware of and it turns our stomach. Some of them we're not. Some of them we're oblivious to and maybe we even go along with not thinking. Lord, there may be people who have been in our sphere of influence who have not felt particularly honoured when they're with us. So Lord, we just ask for your help. Lord, we ask for your grace. Lord, start within us. Make us people who transform our environments. And then, Lord, would you cause your people right across the world to rise up in solidarity with a voice against slavery and human trafficking. Lord Jesus, make us a powerful force for good in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand and let's take a few moments just to sing of the goodness of God and just to reflect and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us about what this means for us this week.